Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the TD Fantasy. The TD Fantasy Podcast. TD Fantasy Podcast. With your host, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TD Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Eisner. Paige is off partying with a bunch of hungover Red Sox fans in Boston. Uh, but I am here with Jake Arians to kind of break down the, another wild weekend of action in the NFL. Jake, how are you today? Fantastic, brother. What a great weekend. Well, I hope we both had better weekends than the Browns did. So we think we have to start there with their version of Black Monday. Hugh Jackson fired. Todd Haley fired. Greg Williams named the interim head coach. What do you make of these firings right now? And what do you think about the future of the Browns offense in particular for fantasy owners going forward? I think the whole thing is just weird. Uh, I mean, one in 31 is not bad enough to fire you. They've been competitive. Yeah, they should have won some of these games, but they were actually in them. Like, how do, how do you blame Hugh and how do you blame Todd? You've had some injuries. Um, you know, you, you're, you're counting on Antonio Callaway to be a, a star number two when he's a rookie. You know, he's, he's flash. He's showing some brilliance. They've had some other guys they picked up. They got hurt. And Joku, second-year guy, is not really – he's developing, but he's still learning how to play. You trade Carlos Hyde. I mean, they've had some turmoil, but I think Hugh's kind of been the guy that kept it together. It makes no sense. And if you're going to fire Todd Haley at the same time, who is going to run this offense? Al Saunders, who's been around for a long, long time, but doesn't really run anything that they're running right now. I don't know. It's, it's really, really interesting. Uh, and I'm sure Greg Williams would love to get the job going forward. I can't imagine that happens. Uh, Fantasy-wise, I have no idea what to expect. Or who's calling plays or what kind of – I mean, you're not going to change the terminology of the offense, but you're definitely going to change how it looks just because somebody's got a different – different rhythm, a different cadence, a different mindset of how they're going to call it, man. I don't know. The whole thing is weird. It makes no sense to do it right now. Yeah, the the timing is the the oddest part, I guess. Again, it's become a tradition now for the Browns just to fire their head coach after they play the Steelers. I think it's like six straight Browns coaches have been fired following a Steelers loss. It's it's something. Yeah, that's just weird. Some crazy stat like that. Uh, I mean, it makes sense because you're basically losing the Steelers every time you play them. But I'm with you. I don't know how this offense is going to look, and I don't know if it's going to really change much. I don't think a, a, a new player is going to emerge. You know what the pieces you have. You have Baker Mayfield, who's a QB2, bi-week fill-in quarterback. Uh, you're, play, you're playing Nick Chubb as a flex. You're starting Jarvis Landry every single week. I mean, you know, Callaway can be a flex option certain weeks, but it's more of, a, hey, you're hoping he catches a touchdown. And Joku's you know, a top-10 tight end because he has to be because of the tight end class. So I don't really think much changes there in Cleveland. It's just very odd. And, and actually, some of the uh, the odds came out for who will be the next coach in Cleveland, and some of them are very interesting. Uh, Sean McVay's name was very high on a lot of Vegas lists, which is very interesting to me. Uh, I don't quite Sean McVay? Yes. He was number one in one sports book, and he's about number four favorite in a lot – on almost every sports book in Vegas. What, it's, the Rams are going to trade him? I, I, I would assume that's what the, the implication is. It's, it's very odd to me. Again, I don't think it's going to happen, but his name being very high up on these lists, I wonder who's whispering what uh, to the bookies in Vegas. Lincoln Riley wouldn't surprise me. That's that's the favorite or number two in most books. And, hey, you, you want to coach Baker? Um, he didn't exactly shut down uh, the rumors when he was asked about it. He gave a really honest answer and actually appreciated it, but he basically said, you know, hey, look, I'm focused on this next week. I'm not going to say I, I'm never interested in going to the NFL, uh, but it's not something I'm thinking about right now. But that door could be open at the end of the year, so that will be very interesting to see. 
It'd be a good one to ask my dad about this week. He met him this summer with um, with Shane Beamer. Was just really, really impressed. Just sitting around the lake house, having a drink, talking, and it was just uh, really blown away with who he was, who he was as a ball coach, his philosophy on stuff, and uh, be really interesting to see what he thinks about him moving and taking that jump to the next level. Uh, yeah, that's, we're definitely going to ask him about that because that's interesting. The other names that have popped up there a lot are Zach Taylor, uh, the QB coach there in L.A., uh, John Filippo, obviously his name has popped up a, a few times, Jim Harbaugh. Uh, another name that could be interesting is Pete Carmichael in New Orleans. Um, so they, we'll, we'll see how this works out. They're, they're looks like they're just going to run with Greg Williams for the rest of the year. Uh, but then we'll kind of see what happens there in the off season. Uh, but let's transition now to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who orchestrated a, an amazing comeback almost completely in the fourth quarter of the game against the Bengals. But it wasn't Jameis Winston who, who orchestrated that comeback. It was Fitzmagic. Again, Jameis Winston benched after, I believe, it was his fourth turnover of the game. They're, and they announced today they're going to start Ryan Fitzpatrick this week. Ooh. What do you make of this Bucks QB situation going forward? And then what do you think of Fitzpatrick? Because when he's played this year, quite frankly, he played three games this year and he was the number one quarterback in fantasy. So what do you have? what are your expectations for him? I think whoever's playing quarterback for the Bucks fantasy-wise is extremely relevant, dude. I mean, they, they've been – they've all put up numbers. And even Jameis was putting up numbers with the four picks this weekend. He's been great for a couple weeks. Um, I think Fitz is playing with a, a reckless abandon that he doesn't really care. And I think that's playing into his favor. He might have some games like the Chicago game, or excuse me, the Pittsburgh game where he's, he throws some picks and and they almost bring him back. But they have weapons, and that that matters. He could throw it all over the place. He's going to throw it all over the place. Small windows, doesn't really care, that gunslinger mentality. So I, I expect to see a lot of the same from that offense and from Fitzmagic. I, honestly, he's been better than Jameis so far. The crazy thing is, where does Jameis end up? Does he end up across Florida and Jacksonville? I mean, the trade deadline is now tomorrow. Are they trying to shop him all of a sudden? Does somebody want to try to make that run? I mean, that's that's going to be really interesting because you're talking about a guy that was the first overall pick of the draft. Yeah, and I think you're now looking at the at the long-term future. I'm, looking at, I'm actually looking at Jameis Winston's contract right now. He's got one more year left on it for his UFA. So he's, he's making 20 – He's making twenty point nine million dollars next year, uh, so that which is okay be- for somebody. I mean, twenty that's that's a that's a decent doable contract. You give him a one year prove it thing, and then give him some big you know give him a long term extension. Yeah, and I think the, I think the key there too is I believe none of that. I believe that's all base. I don't believe any of that's guaranteed. So I mean that 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 right there again could be an intriguing option for somebody again. Jacksonville, maybe the New York Giants. I mean, you, you, there are a number of teams that are going to need help a quarterback to think they could be at least competitive next season. Yeah. I'd be surprised if he gets traded tomorrow. I think it's probably too late, too late in the road to make it. It wouldn't surprise me. We're talking about some guys with their backs against the wall. Derek Cutter is all, but thinks he's fired. Jason light is sounds like he might be safe, but he's the GM. Does he want to go ahead and make a, make a play there? And if he thinks he is safe and that Dirk's not that maybe they want to move on and start over with somebody new, not Jameis next year. I mean, that that's interesting because it doesn't take much to make trades, man. They just make a call and ask. Yeah, I mean, so if it comes to this year, I mean, what Jacksonville is the big team that comes to mind, right? Because the Giants aren't going to trade for a quarterback that's because I think they're competing in year one. Uh, maybe. I mean, Jacksonville absolutely is the, the first number one. Okay, can we can we change this and still make a run? They can still win their division, all that kind of stuff. The the Giants, I wouldn't put it past Gettleman moving on from that. I mean, to think you could give a second or a third and get a franchise quarterback to replace Eli with, it's in his prime that you don't have that big of a learning curve with that. If Pat Shermer likes his skill set that much, yeah, that one's really intriguing too. Yeah, I mean, I guess it makes it's a good point since we we talked last week about you know would would Derek Carr be a player a person that's traded to the Giants? So 
we could see that happening. There's just not there are not a lot of teams in that competitive range that don't have a quarterback right now. If you let it get to the offseason, then the value is going to be too much. Right now, Tampa might be frustrated enough to take less, and you might be able to just wheel and deal and figure out how to make it work, even if he sits you know on the on the Giants bench the rest of the year, and you say he's competing for the job next year, but you still got him. You still went ahead and made the move now. Hey, you got to call and ask, right? I mean, you got to call Tampa Bay and see. Absolutely, you do. And, you know, maybe they'll throw Deshaun Jackson in there, too, since he's been asked to get traded. So you never know. I mean, that's a that could be a big offensive upgrade for for, some, for a team like Jacksonville if they were to make that call. They've already made one move to help improve their offense. Absolutely. Uh, let's move on to looking back at what we had right and what we had wrong last week. Jake, let's start with what one of the things that you got right. Uh, well, the Saints two weeks in a row was my they – were, they were underdogs, and I picked them to win outright. And they got it done again on the road, uh, a really big win in Minnesota. Man, they just look really, really good. They look multiple. Drew Brees throws for under 150 yards, and they win and put up 30 points. Uh, uh, crazy. I mean, that one was uh, really impressive. Um, I thought the Colts would eat, you know, handle the, the Raiders, and that offense looks really good, man. I mean, Sam, going back to my dad made that point. I wouldn't want to play them in November – that the Colts offense looks pretty good. I know it was the Raiders defense, but they look pretty good. Oh, they absolutely they look great. And and that game was a little bit closer than it probably should have been. I mean, Oakland went on a run there in the in the second and third quarter. They kind of got they got them right back in that game. But Andrew Luck looks really good. Marlon Mack looks phenomenal. Yeah, he uh, does. Really added a lot to that offense. Uh, and for the Saints, again, this is a key. This was one of Jake's locks of the week. So far on the week, we are four and one with our locks. There's one more lock tonight, so you have to go to TD Fantasy. Dot com subscribe to premium to get that pick but four and one so far this week that was one of them and this is the importance of taking the locks when we do our show on friday because when we did our show you could have got the same now you would have won either way but you got the saints at plus one and by the time they got to kickoff the saints were favorites by two and a half wow. so they went from underdogs to favorites uh in the time that we went from our podcast to the time the game kicked off but they covered anyway because they won by 10 points um I'm going to toot my own horn a little bit for the Carolina. Uh, I thought they would win that game as good as Baltimore is. I thought Carolina is a really strong team at home. I really liked the way they played in the fourth quarter of their previous game against Philadelphia. They were home underdogs in this game. They ended up winning outright uh, by 15 points. And we were both on this one. Steelers just don't lose to the Browns. No. They just don't. No, and they look good. James Conner, I mean, they, they look good. That offense is rolling. They got some confidence. They figured it out. They just I, I, we, I, I, we both high on them. I think they both we both think they're going to have a really big second half of the season. Oh yeah, I think they're again. I still think this is a, a thirteen win caliber team. They're not going to probably get to that number, but they're a thirteen win caliber team that's now starting to figure things out. I do want to ask you this one thing because again, it feels like we're obligated at least once a week to talk about Le'Veon Bell. With how well James Conner is playing in that offense, do you think this is hurting Le'Veon Bell's value elsewhere? Do you think there might be any thought around the league of? Maybe Le'Veon Bell was maybe a little bit more system back than we might have thought going into the year, given James Conner's success. Or is that selling James Conner's talent short? I think it's selling Conner's talent short. I think everybody realizes Le'Veon Bell has a very unique skill set and that he's pretty much going to fit in no matter what you run uh, and be very successful at it. I think it's selling Conner short how successful he's been. He runs hard. He catches it well out of the backfield. He never quits on any run. He's always falling forward. They're two very different guys, but if you're the Steelers, I still can't believe that Bell hasn't been traded. Like, I don't know why you bring him back at this point and get nothing back from him other than, you know, seven or eight games, whatever's left. 
uh, it's, it's just it's just weird. But yeah, I mean, I think that's selling Connor short more than it is talking about. Because I think Bell's value and everywhere else is still going to be extremely high. Yeah, so we'll see if he gets moved or not. But even when Bell comes back, it's, this is going to be a timeshare. Uh, I, I don't th- even maybe late in the season. So I'm not even sure people that have held on to Le'Veon Bell all this time are even going to get a, an RB one when he is active and on the field. If if that point comes, we still don't know. We're almost to Halloween and we have no idea when Le'Veon Bell is going to report. So we'll keep you posted when we when anybody knows what's going on there. As for what we got wrong this week, I'll start off with. Uh, and you you warned me about this on Friday. I don't think Detroit's a good team, but I thought their offense would show up at home against uh, another just okay Seattle team. They did not at all. Uh, they only lost by 14, but it wasn't that close. I mean, Seattle just came in there and just ran them out of their own building. Yeah, Seattle's got it figured out a little bit. I mean, their defense is playing stout up front. They're rushing the pass. They're stopping the run pretty well. They're running the ball, but Russell Wilson's gotten hot. I mean, Tyler Lockett's turned into a, a legit receiver and not just a tweener that's a return guy. Um, I felt pretty good about that one taking the Seahawks. I mean, one of the things I got wrong was uh, the Cardinals. I, I thought the game was going to go a lot like it did, and then they came back and won. I mean, 15-3, to that's two, two really bad teams, so I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about what we got wrong there. The other one was um, just just there was only a couple games we got wrong all weekend, right? I mean, the other one was the Ravens that you got right, and I felt pretty good about that one. You hit the nail on the head. You were all over that one, Carolina at home, and – that Ravens defense, I thought would show up. They've been the best defense all year, and they just definitely have. They definitely were not yesterday. I think the only other game, I don't know if we got any other like we got a couple things against the spread here and there, but even that we did well on. But yeah, we didn't get a lot of the actual like winner losers wrong. Um, but yeah, I mean the Arizona game, I don't think either one of us saw that coming. Um, and honestly, you could have asked us in the fourth quarter, and we wouldn't have seen that coming. I mean, they, it was a really two really strong drives by. Them. I, will, I will say, I was very pleased with. In a very short amount of time, the difference with Byron Leftwich calling plays, you got David Johnson on some screens, some bubble screens. You got Christian Kirk in space. They look like they simplified things. They simplified the protections. They got their best players in space and matchups where they could take advantage of it and make some plays. They're not good enough to wow you and the numbers be drastically different than they were in one week, but I think you could definitely see a difference in the play calling, the mentality, and what they were trying to get accomplished. I was happy to see that for Byron Leftwich. Uh, one other game that's worth noting before we move on to talk a little bit about Monday Night Football tonight was the Packers-Rams game, which lived up to Absolutely. the uh, The Rams did not start very strong. They did not look good early on. But as great teams do, they found a way in the end to win this game. But uh, I think that one of, some of the key takeaways here on the Packers side, please give Aaron Jones the ball more. I don't know what more he has to do when he touches the ball to get more carries. Whenever he has – he averaged 7.2 yards of carry in this game. He's averaging more than five yards a carry this season. I don't know why he's not getting more than like 10 to 12 touches a game. I, I don't. Yeah, that one is shocking. And the other one is give Mike Pettin some credit for that defensive game plan. I mean, they had the Rams figured out in the first half. It, it took a while for Sean McVay to make some adjustments. They were hitting Goff, and Goff does not look like the same guy when he's not standing back there eight, nine, ten yards deep with nobody in his face with receivers running all over the place. He struggled in the first half. Now, to their credit, they made some adjustments and made the plays. And the other thing, Gurley's just a freaking beast. I mean, that dude can do everything. He's by far the best back in the game right now. Oh, He's unbelievable. He's Again, I wrote an article today for TDFantasy.com. We'll probably talk a lot, lot more about these on Wednesday, probably at your and Pages thoughts on them. But I gave away, gave away like midseason awards, MVP, least valuable player, comeback player. The MVP is clearly Todd Gurley. Yeah. And you took him with the number one overall pick. He's not only the number one running back, he's the number one player in fantasy, period. He has like 40-something more points than Patrick Mahomes even. Uh, who's a, who again? When QBs tend to score the most, 
Uh, he is just absolutely killing it right now. He is, again, he's living up to his draft value. Uh, obviously, excel a little bit more with Cooper Cup out of the lineup, got to be used a lot more in the receiving game there. Uh, but he's been good. Goff's had another really good game. He's going to end up finishing the year as a top 10 quarterback in fantasy. And one other thing on the on the Packers side, Devontae Adams has been has having quietly one of the best seasons that the wide receivers having this yep. year. Uh, he's good. he might finish as a number two or number three receiver in fantasy and just being just very quiet, surprised considering one he was highly recommended going into the year and he plays for the Packers. But for whatever reason, he's kind of flown under the radar. If, if you're a Devontae Adams owner, you are super super thrilled to have him. What's up, TD Fantasy listeners? Jake Arians here. Not only am I one of your co-hosts on the podcast of TD Fantasy, I'm also very privileged and proud to be the president of the Arians Family Foundation, the foundation that we started to honor my mom and the work that she's done uh, for underprivileged kids uh, throughout her entire life. So for more information, go to ariansfamilyfoundation.com, at ariansff on all your social media outlets. But let's, uh, let's move on a little bit here to Monday Night Football tonight. But before we get into that, we need to talk about what just came out within the last hour or so. Wide receiver Josh Gordon is in trouble again uh, with the team. He is going to be basically be benched for the first quarter of tonight's game against the Bills. The reports are that he was tardy for at least two meetings this week, uh, and they're punishing him by benching him for the first quarter. It does not look like they're going to cut him, uh, one, because they need him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, two, two, because uh, as something you and I talked about a little bit off the air – you're probably you're running real close to the trade deadline at this point. It's going to be really difficult, especially when you're playing tonight. It's going to be really difficult for you to make some of these deals. What do you think about the suspension? What do you think about Josh Gordon's future in New England? And then we'll get into the game. Well, I mean, I think you have to do something. You have to prove the point. To me, I don't want to speculate, but with his past, you have to speculate. And being late to meetings means laziness. And we all know what he's done in the past to get in trouble, and that usually equals laziness. Um, I don't know how the hell you're a professional with the fifth chance that he's getting and you're ever late to a meeting. You ought to be the first dude 15 minutes early sitting there before anybody else walks in the room and you're just twirling your thumbs. If that's You know what I mean? Just be on your best behavior. It's kind of crazy. They had to do something to send a message, but I don't know when this dude's ever going to get the message. You have so many chances. You're now on the best team that you've played for, playing with Tom Brady. You're starting to get acclimated to the offense. They really like you. You're starting to make plays again, and you go be late twice. It makes absolutely zero sense. They're not going to do anything more than suspend him tonight. But with Edelman back, you know, and Hogan being very multiple, they're not the same without Gordon out there. But they could prove a bigger point. But they're not going to cut him. They need him, and they're just going to have to live with this. But I just hope for the, for his sake, man, this guy can finally get it right. This is just stupid. Yeah, it, that, that's why I say it's stupid. Uh, it, it's just one of those things where you, you're there are only so many opportunities teams are going to afford you, period, but especially teams like the Patriots. You were, you were given a golden ticket here. After everything that happened, you are now on a Super Bowl contender with a Hall of Fame quarterback and an organization that just oozes winning. This is your opportunity. You fell up from the Cleveland Browns. You, you can't squander this opportunity. Hopefully, for his sake, this is the last time this story comes up. You have to deal with it. I mean, he's getting – I mean, this is a pretty effective punishment because he's – it's not so much the first quarter suspension as it is the national embarrassment. Yeah, it's Monday Night Football, football. the only thing anybody's going to talk about, you know, your Monday news cycle. Yeah. I mean, they're going to cut to him on the sideline with his helmet in his hands and explain that he was, he was late for meetings and they're going to go into his history. So this is going to be a good little public shaming lesson for him, and we'll see if maybe, maybe that of all things – Helps him turn things around this year. Uh, about the game itself, the Patriots are going to go with only two active running backs tonight. James White and Kenyon Barner are the only running backs that will be active. 
Uh, I know Sony Michelle was looking better in practice. There was an outside chance they might activate him. It seemed unlikely all week, but it, and again, there's no reason to rush him back, especially in this game against the Bills. I, I know it's a divisional game on the road, but it's the Patriots and it's the Bills. Let's be realistic here. Uh, so what, what is your thought tonight on both those running backs? Do you like any – obviously you like James White, but what do you think about Kenyon Barner's value if you need somebody desperately tonight? And what do you think about the Patriots' bills in total? Yo, James White is not an every-down guy, so I think Barner's absolutely – if you need somebody and you're trying to swing for the fences to win a game or something, you've got something you can do. I think he's going to take a lot of those Sony Michelle carries. I think he gets 15 to 18 touches. Uh, I'm really excited that I need Gronk to get like three points for me to win, go 3-0 and in my leagues – because uh, I think they're going to air it out, throw it all over the place in the first half, get a huge lead. But I think that goes right back to my point of Barner getting some carries in the second half because James White's not that guy, and I don't think they want to risk getting him on the injury report by giving him the ball too much in a game that they're going to win by 30. No, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I actually – I'm playing Kenyon Barner because of bye weeks, and, and I have like a two-flex spot league, 12-team uh, two-flex spot league, and he's going to be playing in one of those spots for me because of all the guys I had on bye. And I agree. He might only get three or four touches in the first half, but I think he's going to get 10 to 12 in the second half when they're going to try to salt this game away. He's going to pound the ball on the ground. I don't think you're going to get a huge performance from him, but he could find his way into the end zone. And I think he's going to get enough touches on an offense that's going to score enough tonight to be worth the value of playing there. Glad you brought up Rob Gronkowski because he's been questionable all week. He's obviously he's going to play in this game. We'll see how effective he's been. Kind of a disappointing year. Uh, not kind of, definitely a disappointing year so far for for Rob Gronkowski with injuries. Uh, right now he's outside the top five tight ends at a very weak tight end position for the season. Uh, I don't think – we'll see if you get a big game from him now. Hopefully I'm a Gronkowski owner. I'd like to see a big payoff as we get closer and closer to the fantasy play- playoffs. But uh, we will see what happens there. On the Bills side, there's there's nobody. No. There's no, just no. Well, Sean McCoy there's, saying he might play, but – who cares? I mean, not against, not against yeah, this defense. I mean, that's when Bill, Belichick's going to take him away for sure because they have nothing else. How many times are you going to be able to run the ball tonight? You're going to be down 14 nothing in the first. Like Exactly. I mean, it's, it's going to be bad. I think that defense, you know, it's just going to be ugly. Like, it's going to be a boring game. I'm glad I have dinner plans. Like, it's, it's, uh, I don't even really want to watch other than I want to see Grunt get, you know, three points early so I win that game and then uh, I'm done. <laughs> that's about all I would really want to pay attention to tonight. Yeah, it's tough. But uh, before we wrap up, just a couple other news and notes, things to be aware of. Um, it looks like if for whatever reason you were hoping for a Hail Mary on a guy I liked in the preseason but turned out to be absolutely nothing, uh, once actually they started playing games that mattered or even in the preseason games, Ronald Jones is expected to miss a few weeks in that Tampa Bay offense. And also keep an eye on Golden Tate. There are a lot of uh, trade rumors surrounding Golden Tate. Um, if he goes to an offense where he can be featured more, he could be a very interesting fantasy player. So, again – the trade deadline in most fantasy leagues is, I believe, a week or two weeks from now, uh, not what it is for the NFL. So keep in mind these players that are moving teams and how their situations might hurt them or help them going forward when you're thinking about either dealing a player off your own roster or trading for a player somewhere else. Uh, Jake, how can they follow you on social media? Jake B. Arians on Twitter and Jake Arians on Instagram. You can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter, at JME Eisner on Instagram. Follow TD Fantasy underscore on both platforms. And again, don't forget to check out fantasyfootballatc.com. Uh, we've heard us plug it on the show. Me, I will be there. Jake will be there. Paige will be there. It's a, it's a very unique experience to draft your fantasy team around former NFL players, top fantasy analysts on a cruise to the Bahamas next summer. I guarantee you, you haven't had a fantasy football experience quite like that before. You're going to want to be on it. So go to fantasyfootballatc.com. 
for full information. We will be back on Wednesday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.